in HR, you are having perhaps dozens or hundreds these days of candidates to fill one job. You're, you're screening a lot of people out to get just the one right person for that role. Mm-hmm. Volunteering is the opposite. You want to design your volunteer roles so that as many people as possible from as wide of backgrounds as possible can all do that job. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now... Here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hello, Kev Kayat here. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver, brought to you by Yachtme, the virtual events platform 100% free to nonprofits, and PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Thanks for tuning in. Just to be clear, you are actually the Nonprofit Problem Solver. My job is to extract from our guests the practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action. This is a recording of a live event hosted on Yachtme. Find out more at y.yacht.me. That's w-h-y.y-o-t.me. You can find me, Kev Kyatt, at kevkyatt.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Join the Nonprofit Problem Solver Club on Clubhouse and the Nonprofit Problem Solver Facebook group to get all the latest practical, tactical advice on being the best nonprofit entrepreneur you can be. And check out my coaching programs at nonprofitentrepreneur.com. When you think of volunteers for your nonprofit, what are you hoping they'll achieve for you? Yes, of course, there's no wages to pay, but just like free puppies, there's a ton of work involved if you want any chance of success. And if you're putting in that work, don't you want to get the most out of it? Volunteer management guru, and yes, I mean guru, Dana Litwin, joins me to walk through at least half a dozen golden secrets to success with volunteer programs. It may actually be seven or eight. We literally lost count. Welcome. We are live on the Nonprofit Problem Solver podcast. This is episode 45, and we're going to be talking about volunteering and getting the best out of your volunteer program. But before we do that, let me just say uh, thank you to my sponsors, Yachtme, this virtual uh, platform that we're recording on. If you want to uh, watch the replay, uh, you can find it at yacht.me. And also to uh, PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Uh, so, Dana, how are you? I'm good, Kev. How are you this morning? Good, good. Love to see you. So, well, for me, it's the afternoon, obviously, because I'm in the UK. <laughs> but, so you've got, I don't know, like an eight-hour time <laughs> difference. So um, I'm on, we're on opposite ends of the caffeine mountain, uh, the, the caffeine curve. Um, I'm, com- so, I'm coming up the mountain. You're just coming on the other side. Right. Yeah. I've already moved on to the water. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, obviously you and I know each other. I know a little bit about your background. Uh, you were on the panel in the first season of Nonprofit Problem Solver um, because of your uh, expertise in volunteering. So I'm really looking forward to tapping that over the next uh 45 minutes or so, but uh, can you give just a, a quick uh, summary of your nonprofit experience and what got you into 
to volunteering? Sure. I've been doing volunteer engagement, been a leader of volunteers for coming up on 20 years. And I got my start with Project Open Hand entry level as a volunteer coordinator in 2002-ish and found that I really love this. I'd always done some sort of work with people and, and project management and relationships and kind of producing events and running volunteer programs, designing programs, doing community engagement, volunteer engagement, um, really kind of blends all of my skills together and all my interests together. And I've been uh, a consultant since 2006, and I've worked with a number of government agencies, nonprofit agencies, corporations over the years, kind of on all ends of volunteer engagement, whether that's uh, nonprofit and designing a program from the ground up or coming in and doing some updates or adjustments to a 50-year-old docent program at a zoo or uh, the corporate side of employee volunteer engagement. And I have a, a special interest in the technology around volunteer engagement, not just volunteer management software, but how can we use technology uh, to kind of, you know, continue to work smarter and not harder when we're doing relationship building in the community. Right. Well, that'd be interesting to, to uh, touch on as yeah. we dive into the topic. But just a couple of things first. Um, uh, how can people find you online and what sort of programs or, or offerings have, have you got going at the moment? Anything that you'd like to promote or share? Sure. Uh, I'm at DanaLitwin.com or DanaLitwinConsulting.com. Uh, a quick search engine of your choice, Google, Ask Jeeves, whatever you happen to be using uh, will find me online. I also have a YouTube channel called Dana's Priceless Advice with Leaders of Volunteers, where I offer my own Tuesday tip short video segments every week, kind of on, on topics like this. And I also post longer interviews with other uh, leaders or up and coming voices in the field of volunteer engagement, community engagement. And uh, this is a really great day to talk to you, Kev, because it's a very busy day. I'm also doing an appearance at our major conference for the sector, the Points of Light Conference, Mm -hmm. this afternoon so it's yeah. uh it's a hybrid conference where I'm, I'm still in this room and i've got some pre-recorded material and then i'll mix that with some live interaction and q a in that so it's a pretty good wednesday from where i'm sitting <laughs> well i'm glad you're taking the time to uh speak to us but it's interesting there's the points of light conference there's the initials after your name cva yes there's there's there is a whole professional side to volunteering that Lots of people in nonprofits, even very seasoned professionals in nonprofits are not that familiar with. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the history of that? Has that been rapidly growing in the last few years or has it just been like that uh, sort of invisible to those of us who aren't in volunteering day in, day out? Uh, it's been getting better, particularly the last five years because of technology. And dare I say it, the only silver lining to 2020 being very 2020 about everything uh, was that we had to adapt and use technological platforms like you and I are doing now. And that actually raised the awareness that uh, there are leaders of volunteers who are professionals, whether they're paid or unpaid running volunteer programs, that that's, that's mm -hmm. a professional track as much as nurse and astronaut and podcast producer and any other kind of you know nonprofit or government consultant and cva stands for certified in volunteer administration and that's actually the only global professional certification that exists there's lots of great you know weekend workshops and paper certificates that you can get doing some classes and courses but what's unique about the cva and you can go to 
cvacert.org to get more information if you're leading volunteers. But it's not a class you take. It's testing your knowledge and experience and your judgment using all of that as a professional leading volunteer. So it's a very intensive test and candidate process. You have to be recommended. You have to have a certain amount of experience. Um, and it doesn't have the highest pass rate. It's actually a very, very difficult certification to get. Yeah. So um, I think that the awareness has gone up, but in general, there's been uh, some invisibility or just uh, not quite understanding that it takes resources and investment. And there's a very real return on investment that you can calculate when you're using someone with a CBA or who has real experience managing volunteer programs or creating programs that that's something to really look for in, in a hire for any nonprofit or corporate social responsibility program or government agency. And I, and that point is being made more and more often. And I'm involved with a couple of organizations that are helping to kind of raise that awareness and do that advocacy with corporate leaders, nonprofit leaders, government leaders, as well as funders that this is volunteer engagement and resources is really a cornerstone of success for any any community service mission yeah i i, I couldn't agree more and and uh, uh as you know i was very grateful for your contributions to the uh the panel from season one which was not programs and services it was on the human resources side yeah. and this is to me one of the this this most straightforward obvious I'm going to say mistakes uh, that that we make in nonprofits is to associate volunteering with programs as opposed to HR. Right. Um, and uh, can you talk a little bit about that sort of sort of fundal mis fundamental misconception about where volunteers and that resource fits into an organization? Sure. I think of volunteering and HR. They're they're related. They're two sides of the same coin, which is just good people management, management and relationship building. So it's more about a transformational process than a transactional process when either of those are successful. And I think volunteerism or using volunteer services to build the capacity of your organization is really the inverse of HR because in HR, uh, you are having perhaps dozens or hundreds these days of candidates to fill one job. You're, you're screening a lot of people out to get just the one right person for that role. Mm -hmm. Volunteering is the opposite. You wanna design your volunteer roles so that as many people as possible from as wide of backgrounds as possible can all do that job. Whether that's something that is drop in and do it for a few hours um, one time with a community group, a faith group, a corporate group, that that's a task that could be trained that day, all the way to very, very high skilled things. So there are groups um, like uh, NTech, Tech for Good, Code for America that are almost entirely volunteer run, very high skilled doing website design and, and programming and code and databases for nonprofits. And they still want to have as many volunteers in that talent pool as possible, even when it's it's very specifically skilled. So really, uh, you know, you can flip the hourglass either way and get you know yeah. an HR result. But with volunteerism, you want to open up the possibilities of how many different kinds of people can possibly do that task or that role as a volunteer. So what brings them, what's, what, what, what sort of brings it under the HR umbrella are the human 
or you know people development umbrella mm -hmm. whichever you know we've used different terms is really about um you know recruitment and and um supporting them and that all all, all that element uh, uh organizationally but the key difference is rather than recruiting and selecting a single candidate for a for a job from a pool you want to create as big a, a pool as possible so that's a that's a critical difference it's a it's a critical difference but it's still related and there are a lot of professionals who have a sherm and hr cert, you know professional certification mm -hmm. or a cfre a fundraiser certification along with their cva and so those are you know some pretty serious alphabet soup chops that that person has to be able yeah, to yeah cross uh, all of all of those worlds and there's structurally within an organization especially in nonprofits it's always really interesting where volunteer services fits because it's often a department of one it's often one person even on the the CSR and the corporate social side there's often a tiny mm -hmm. tiny tiny department running a foundation side of a corporation or employee engagement side versus you know thousands and thousands of people the other connection to hr is that leaders of volunteers people who are doing this work professionally usually have the most headcount of anyone else and yeah, they are of course, and yeah and they are rarely at the executive leadership tables that's something else that, that myself and many other colleagues and organizations are working to change is that if you're if the person who's running the most people part-time and full-time in your organization whether they're paid or unpaid isn't in major strategic decisions isn't at that table um that's that's going to be a big big disconnect in the ability of your organization to fulfill your mission and, and serve the community so really having a seat at the leadership table being recognized as the professionals that we are whether there's letters after our name or not of right, amount right. of experience um is really is really important but within an organization sometimes it's it's like a an add-on module which doesn't really work other times it's held under human resources so the director of human resources might also wear the hat of volunteer services depending on the mission of the organization it can also be within an education department within development or fundraising department events marketing uh, uh public affairs external affairs so the fact that so many organizations aren't even sure where to put volunteer services on their org chart is um can be a really big challenge to recognizing the professionalism of the, of the people in the sector yeah i i can see that and and um so i i initially asked that around programs but you're right it, it is true it can be in lots of lots of different areas is there a, is there a right or best place for it or do you do you, are you more pragmatic about advising people about where they should situate their uh, leadership for volunteers it's pretty pragmatic and it depends on the type of organization and the size of the organization there's so many community service agencies that are entirely volunteer run and yeah, so in that case yeah. you're like well it's everybody the board is volunteers you know all of the all of the staff that are doing the day-to-day -day work are, are volunteers um, but it just needs a strategic thought it just needs to be very deliberate and that's something that i'm always working towards is helping organizations realize that volunteer services should be woven through every other master plan strategic plan that the agency is doing because it's again it's really the key to community engagement um 
the most engaged someone can be is volunteering and volunteers as any director of development knows are 10 times more likely to also give money in addition to mm -hmm. their time. So there's a lot of reasons why um, it really should be looked at and not just a department of one kind of smushed on to a larger mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. And that points to me, I think the second misconception, and I'm starting with these misconceptions so that we can, you know, just sort <laughs> of tee up these secrets you're going to share. Yes. Um, so one is, you know, where in the organization, the other, I think, and I think it was you said this to me and I've never forgotten the mantra though. And I'm going to now um, stumble over the words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do your best, Kev. You, you were the one who said to me that volunteers are not a job category. It's a pay grade. Right. Um, and, and, and so it's a, it's a pay grade of zero, but still, and, and just as of the conversation we've just been having, mm -hmm. it's very easy for people to conceive of volunteers as somehow lesser than or second status compared to the paid employees, you know, um, you know, almost as though, you know, the paid employees are an upgrade to a volunteer role and, and so on. And, and really from a, from an HR and a legalistic employment law perspective, there's no, really no difference between a volunteer and a, and a, and a and a paid person, um, I think certainly in a lot of jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also just this misconception about the value they bring to the organization. Absolutely, and that's just a common misunderstanding or misconception that volunteers are free. Volunteers aren't free, even if it's an entirely <laughs> volunteer-run organization. So yes, um, volunteers are free. Volunteers, yeah, yeah but that, but that's a com that's a common and incorrect assumption that especially you know executive directors or general managers or, or board members or funders make is like oh we don't actually have to put any research in into this or hire professionals to design our programs or do community or volunteer engagement because it's just something that is free and kind of exists and happens and another kind of um, joke in the industry is we get asked to provide volunteers as if they're sitting in a refrigerator just in the back room like you just go right. like oh right. we need 20 we need 20 people for to cater waiter the gala tomorrow and like let me just go to the freezer it's they're gonna thaw out overnight they're gonna have all the skills we need we don't have to train them we're just gonna boop. right right like and and it really takes investment it takes resourcing it takes investment and uh i just actually did this calculation for uh, a client here in california but for, for this um, agency, which is a zoo, for every dollar that they were spending on volunteer services, they were getting a genuine return on investment of $8.39. And very few other investments in programs or capacity for your organization is going to um, pay off quite that well. And that's just that's just one sample of their numbers and, and their programs on, you know, medium big scale. Um, older organization kind of updating their systems. And these are the same kinds of numbers that you use in any uh, financial services report for the yeah, rest of your yeah. organization. And just because volunteer is a pay category and a, a legal employment status category, most like you to your point earlier, most of the same laws apply. So labor laws apply to volunteers, harassment um, and equity laws apply to volunteers and they apply differently. Uh, volunteers um, are usually exempt from having to be mandated reporters like a school teacher or someone else. But if they're working in a school, they're still background checked or test for 
TB and trained to work with kids and families and following certain policies. So um, I think just this idea that, yeah, sometimes if you have just a quick one-off event, yeah, of course you can have a, a group drop in at the last minute and do everything just fine. But right. for, for your work and your mission, the best investment that you can make as an executive director or a board chair is in the volunteer engagement process and understanding that it's all a real thing and it's a it's a science and art and a craft and a profession yeah and, and it's interesting because there's there's overlap with the with the costs of volunteer acquisition and and mm -hmm. there is the cost of donor acquisition just like in the for-profit sector the cost of customer acquisition and interestingly just to use your, the the statistic you quoted earlier um and i, I think i, I might have read uh, 10 times um mm -hmm. uh uh, that the the volunteers are are ten times more likely to to convert to uh, donors. financial donors yep. as opposed to just time donors. Right. Um, so if you're if you're acquiring a volunteer, you're also very likely acquiring a donor. Yes. You know, there's a lot of overlap uh, there, but but I don't even know. If, I've never seen uh, calculated anywhere the cost of volunteer acquisition or the cost of volunteer retention or you know those sorts of uh, statistics that we commonly see would. Uh, commonly see with donors there are calculators online for that um and that's what i do for a lot of my clients quite frankly is help them calculate if they're starting a program from scratch which i've, I've done quite a lot it's like when you're hiring you know a volunteer coordinator or manager of volunteer services or however big the department is about to be that we're creating and the programs and activities and engagement plan we're creating this is what the investment up front needs to be and this is how it's probably with the models and whatever kind of mission or work that agency is doing and however many other employees they have but that's a very real calculation and there's um some great calculators uh, by Sterling Volunteers. Independent Sector is another organization that actually every year publishes what's the average value of volunteer time per hour. Um, that's one way to do the metric. It's a very common way to do the metric, but you really wanna think about volunteer engagement is it's really a very interconnected and holistic thing so if you have and i have a, a graph of this that i use in my webinars and workshops it's going to pop up later today at points of light uh but <laughs> you think of you have a, an image of a person and there's it's like a a fan or a, a beautiful peacock tail of very many feathers and these are all the roles that that one person can occupy at the same time or for a few moments and move in between so they can be a volunteer a donor a board member a client of the agency they're working for that was true with project open hand a lot of clients getting food and grocery meal service were also volunteers uh, and they can just be a casual fan that likes things on and shares stuff on social media and maybe they never you know do a moment of work in their life but they're helping promote the brand by just like oh i like i like these little videos and memes and tweets that this organization is putting out and down the line they're advocates they're voters they are people who might have children who get engaged with the mission of environment or social justice or whatever your agency is working towards that then grow yeah. up to be the executive director so there's this whole kind of sustainability and legacy in looking at this holistic model of one person isn't just the V word volunteer. Um, right. There's a, there's a lot of roles that they can play and a lot of ways that they can interact and engage with and support the work of the agency from near or far.
So would you say if we if we uh, segue into the sequence? <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of you, perfect segues. Yeah, yeah. Would would you say that one of them is recognizing the investment required to get the result you're after with your with your volunteers? That's absolutely one of them. Um, and I think it's it's a secret that I don't want to be a secret anymore. That again, volunteers aren't free. It takes investment. It takes resources, and it's going to absolutely pay for itself and and pay off if someone because you know sometimes leaders of agencies are very analytical in their approach and, the, and that works for for their role as an executive director or a coo and they just want to see numbers and metrics other times uh someone is uh, a more transformational leader or they're leading through relationship building and funder building and community relationships and they kind of want that that anecdote or that feel-good story uh utilizing volunteers to support the work of the agency and it's really a balance of those two things recognizing that there are very significant value adds to properly engaging volunteers and really engaging the community because it, it's not about we're an agency and we're going to go among the community and cherry pick the people that we want and they're going to all look the same and they're all going to look like us and like that's the opposite of how our world is is working or should work so we again yeah. we want to open up how many different kinds of people a variety of people can do a singular can be a docent you know can 50 different people take the tuesday docent shift uh, at the museum at the getty museum yes it's not just a certain kind of person from a certain age group or a certain background or that has the time and the wealth to go through all the hoops to be a docent or to become a volunteer. Because the other thing that, that a lot of leaderships and in, in leadership groups or, or organizations don't realize is that there's a very real cost to being a volunteer. And there are several barriers to becoming a volunteer. So yeah. take, taking away those, those barriers is the really the biggest secret to success is understanding what those are, understanding how people feel welcomed or not welcomed into your organization culturally uh, right. and and just making sure that it's a very easy procedure and that everyone that a volunteer could ever interact with any other volunteers staff members vendors that they've all at least got a basic idea of how the organization's volunteer programs or onboarding works that everyone should be able to have that elevator pitch speech that 30 second pitch of ah here's our mission and here's how you can support it as a volunteer as a donor as an advocate every single person in the agency should have that that messaging really simple messaging training so that my other favorite catchphrase which you may or may not remember from season one uh comes into play <laughs> <laughs> our greatest hits we're playing our greatest hits today kev yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my my next favorite catchphrase is Every interaction with a volunteer is an invitation to stay or an invitation to go. And that's fine to fire volunteers or dismiss them or, or not invite them to participate. You, This isn't just take any warm body. We're not pulling people out of the freezer and thawing them out. We do want it to be a good fit for the mission and the role in the agency. And if somebody is calling an agency trying to volunteer and they keep getting a phone tree or put on hold or someone cranky answers the phone because they're late for lunch and their blood sugar is low or they're just not having a good day and they get snapped at they're not coming back <laughs> they're 
and they're right, telling their right. friends and that's going through and that that bad experience is spreading throughout the rest of the community so again if everyone can kind of have at least a you know 30 second elevator pitch basic information about the agency's mission and how to support it that does huge wonders for helping that overall community volunteer donor advocate engagement yeah so I'm, i think i'm going to uh, try to distinguish there are two secrets there yes um one is um recognizing the costs and barriers to actually being a a, a volunteer yep uh so if you if you were going to design uh a volunteer uh, role or series of roles that as many people can do as possible to make them as accessible and open as possible. Uh, you have to match that on the other side with um, uh, addressing any access issues you've got to those potential volunteers. So you have to think that thing. And the second is is the more general one around the volunteer experience from first contact with the organization all the way through to um, you know, evolving to a mega volunteer or a donor yeah. or you know, or, or member staff or what have you. So, um, so that so I've got I've got three now. Um, I'm just going to summarize. I know these aren't in necessarily particular order. You might mm -hmm. want to assign some importance to them. But the first one, recognizing that volunteers aren't free, and be clear about what the investment is uh, at the front end in terms of acquiring and then managing. Second is. Um, understanding uh, the, the costs and barriers to being a volunteer. Third is uh, mapping out and understanding the volunteer experience. I think we actually had a fourth one uh, where you started with when we were talking about HR, which is mm -hmm. um, instead of designing, uh, I'd say, a job description, which uh, identifies uh you know this perfect person who's going to fulfill that role in its, is, you know, if not in its entirely, then then um, win out amongst other candidates going for that role. Uh, we want to design volunteer uh, uh, positions so that as many people as possible can do them. I think that's a a pretty a pretty important one too. So that's so that's four. Um, a fifth one you mentioned in passing, but I'd like to actually open this up a little bit. Is um, um, and we, we were talking about where in the organization and you said pragmatically it doesn't matter so much as long as you are strategic and you give it some deliberate thought. And then afterwards you said, this is where I think the, 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 the other secret is, that you weave the volunteer dynamics or elements of experience in, through, through all the planning that you do in your organization. Can you talk a bit more about that from, and I know you mean, you mean strategic planning and, your, and, and planning campaigns and, and planning program developments and working through your grant strategies. You need to think of volunteers in, in, in all of them and not just this idea that they're free, obviously. Yeah, it, it's a foundational strategic idea that ideally is woven throughout the agency and the reason that that is is not only because every one of every interaction with a volunteer with another volunteer with a staff member with, with a regular vendor a driver all of that is going to impact the community that you're in and that you're serving and having a volunteer services or volunteer engagement, community engagement strategy at every level from boots on the ground to the highest 20 year strategic master plan of, of any agency it is essential. It's, it's like not having your house bolted to your foundation. It's so 
fundamental and it and it feels like it should be obvious but it just isn't and again i think it's just because of these incorrect assumptions over over decades and years that volunteers are mm -hmm. free or it doesn't cost anything or it doesn't take any skill to run a program or to do volunteer engagement there's there's no real strategy to it but i think about it as kind of the the three c's of happy volunteers are really the three c's of a good work environment or good team which is that you're always considering and this is part of what can be woven through the agency is what is everyone's comfort convenience and connection to the work and to the mission and comfort or happy volunteer happy team doesn't mean that it's all puppies and rainbows all the time it means that that when the going gets tough that people trust each other they have that connection to each other um, they feel comfortable in their training, their task, and in, in the role that they're assigned. They don't feel overwhelmed or under-resourced. And convenience ties into taking away those barriers. So the biggest barriers to people volunteering are, are really economic. It's time and money. So how much mm -hmm. time and how much money does it cost me to go do this thing with your agency. So when you think about that strategically, not only does that benefit the volunteers, it benefits the employees, it benefits any sort of and boosts any kind of community and outreach or engagement with development with education departments, if you're offering services to the community, all of this, uh, thinking that way about people's con comfort, convenience and connection to the mission helps really boost the brand awareness to use the, the corporate term uh, of of that agency. So having a, a fundamental idea of how volunteer and community engagement works with your mission, supports your mission, uh, is really crucial at, at every planning stage of planning your week out or uh, again, ideally yeah. it's written in at, you know, in the bylaws and at, at the core level and it's has and it's a piece of everyone's training with the agency is that messaging well, around yeah. volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. This idea that every training, cause it's almost goes back to this the pragmatism about where volunteering sits. Yeah. And in a sense it sits everywhere. Yep. It does. <laughs> it, you know, every, everyone who's got decision-making authority or who's going to manage some staff or manage some sort of initiative really has to be thinking about, uh, the role of, of, of volunteers. And, and when I was just thinking about it, it's not, again, just, specifying what they do and all that it's all that investment uh that we that we talked about is the is that one secret being really clear about what that what that effort's going to be mm -hmm. um uh, uh, otherwise you're sort of undermining uh yeah. what one of the most valuable resources that any nonprofit can have yeah and i think our our sixth secret maybe we can get to seven seven's a good number but at least our well, sixth, seven's a good number possibly sixth or seventh secret that we're revealing today um is that it's everyone's job to engage volunteers it's everybody's job in the agency from uh the celebrity mega donor that pops in to host an event once a year to again the the entry-level volunteer coordinator and then their manager and then the director of volunteer services so i another common misconception or or not helpful assumption that's made leading organizations is that 
well, if we have a volunteer coordinator, that's all we need. And only that person handles the 300 people versus our 30 right. paid employees. Right. It's like, no, it's actually like all 31 people are volunteer coordinators. One person supervise, you know, one or two or five people or however many in that department run the program day to day, supervise it, make strategic decisions, ideally along with, with the rest of leadership team, executive committee. But it's everybody's job to do volunteer engagement and we owe it to all employees and other volunteers that they know how to do that well that they get some basic orientation and training in that crucial part that crucial resource and community engagement and connection and relationship building and creating advocates out in the community all of that ties into you know i've done this these trainings these messaging trainings in 10 or 15 minutes it can be an online e-learning video that's like, here's the messaging, here's who you talk to if you want more details about the volunteer program, or even if you answer the phone and someone asks about volunteering, here's who you point them to. Even questions like that can make the right. difference between someone feeling welcome or unwelcome or taking down a barrier to them working as a volunteer with your organization. And so every, every employee is part of the volunteer experience. Everyone is, everyone, yeah. yeah. And other volunteers yeah, it's, are it's, too, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting the the that with with job titling and 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 organizational dynamics, it's like uh, health and safety or quality yeah. or or I mean everyone's using everyone's using technology, but the IT person, to the extent that there is one, is looking after the infrastructure. The quality person is looking after the the reporting, perhaps, or some of the compliance issues. But it's the frontline staff who are really the quality team because that's where yeah. it's actually happening. So it is it is easy to to fall into that trap if. If there's someone with that job title, I don't need to think about it anymore. And and it's really important. I'm going to jump on the the IT crowd uh, point for a minute because so and back to our technology point. So much of the technology that we're using it's called VMS volunteer management software. And there's a lot a lot of great different companies around the world that provide this mm -hmm. kind of service. But there's a whole sub there's a whole subsector of technologies and apps that and platforms that are specifically for volunteer engagement or managing or scheduling people and stuff like that and database it's really database management or crm management client relationship yeah. management and the it guy is right there in it <laughs> so yeah, if, yeah. if you're if the director of volunteers doesn't have a really great relationship with it then that's going to cause problems on a very technical end with database management and internet security and privacy and confidentiality, just like it's my job to not click on a phishing scam with a Nigerian prince offer of a lifetime uh, in my company um, and not let things through the firewall or not open back doors to viruses. It's everyone else's responsibility in whatever their job title is, employee, again, other volunteers or, or vendors, um, to understand that they're a piece of that volunteer engagement, which is ultimately engaging with the whole community because everyone's a potential something. Everyone's a potential volunteer or a potential donor or a potential board member or a potential future employee staff leader of that organization um, or a potential uh, voting advocate. There's a lot of local and state and federal laws that get passed that really, really directly impact this sector and nonprofit services and community services and the social safety net. So it's again, that that kind of that fan of you're a little bit of something all the time 
uh, and that holistic approach to uh, thinking about volunteers and volunteerism and how it's a resource for the work that we're doing. Yeah, and, and one other way I'm thinking of a, as a resource, um, can you comment a little bit about the idea of giving, um, and we talked about the sort of everyone, everyone is part of the volunteer experience, you said including mm -hmm. volunteers, and so should be able to describe you know, what, what volunteering means or, or at least some, some easily accessible volunteering opportunities and point you to the, 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 the web page or the form or the person who can, right. who can, who can do that. Um, but volunteers should be able to do that too, right? I mean, should mm -hmm. volunteers have um, at least the five second or 15 second uh, version of the elevator pitch for the organization or the program so that yep. they too can be advocates for the organization? Absolutely. I, I'm a huge believer and I, I design this into whenever I'm doing a program update or evaluation or redesign for, for clients is everyone gets message messaging training. Absolutely everyone. And usually development and marketing are delighted to have somebody else say that. Say that. Um, right, right, and, right. And have the organization go along because, again, every interaction is important. Every single moment or second can make the difference between someone engaging with your work uh, for whether it's five minutes five hours, five months, five weeks, 50 years, whatever that amount of time that someone's going to devote to working. And some people, they're lifers. They they devote 40 or 50 years and it's a huge part of their identity and it's a huge emotional connection and a piece of their life purpose to be a volunteer and a board member and a donor um, supporting organizations. That idea that everyone is the messenger and everyone should have that very basic agency and volunteering messaging training again it doesn't have to take very long at all designing how to do the message might take a few hours to a few weeks depending on what your mission is but the hard part is just distilling it down to what is that 15 or 30 second version and then who who do you point to to have a deeper conversation about yeah again yeah, donating, volunteers, vol yeah. donating volunteer but everyone that the someone doing meal delivery is seeing clients every day and having relationships with them and noticing when they are you know not doing well or do or you know someone with project open hand we often had volunteer well, walk walking volunteers walking with carts to the neighborhood delivering meals and they could report medical incidents and so you know, that community connection can be life and death for a lot of people and understanding the value of those connections and that people know what to do, not just in, in messaging, but if you're doing any other kind of emergency response training or incident report training, like make sure that the volunteers are getting at least the same level of training as any employees around not just messaging and the fun, happy stuff, but how to respond when bad stuff happens, how to respond to, to harassment, all of that, having that training be really consistent for those topics for paid or unpaid people is absolutely crucial risk management, risk mit mitigation, yeah. and also helps with that, that comfort convenience connection, that sense of we do trust each other because we share this knowledge and we, we each are comfortable in our roles, even if it's doing difficult work, like, you know, emotionally difficult work with, with at-risk populations or animal welfare or things that can be really, really draining, but we're there for each other and we know what to do 
if something happens, good or bad, we know what the answer is and, and who to go to for support. So important. it seems a, a lot of as, as we draw to a to a close, as, yeah. as I anticipated, we've galloped through our our time today. <laughs> um, and anyway, and, and I think we, we, we covered a lot of ground because um, unless you're going to tell me that there's something something glaring that we missed out. Um, I think we've got we might have even got up to eight. I'd have to go back and listen to the transcript and 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 count them all out. But we we've got at least a good half dozen. One of the just I think in 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 conclusion that really a lot of these spill out from a clear mindset of what potential value volunteers bring. Yeah. So it's that those those two lessons around one they're not they're not free. Understand what the investment's going to be and the the. the the sort of quick follow-on from that's got to be, well, if we're going to invest, well, let's get the best out of this investment that we can. And you're quickly onto one of those second lessons, which is weave this idea of volunteering into everything that you're planning and doing and so on. And then a lot of the other things sort of uh, spill out, I think, from there in order to do them, do them well. Is that a fair summary? I think that's a really great summary because... I think the the big secret to success in a volunteer program is it's never just one thing. It's never just we need to recruit more or why don't we retain people? That that's always a, a surface symptom of needing to to go deeper and have that deeper engagement with the volunteers and, and the paid employees that you already have and figure out where people what people think about volunteers and, and volunteering. A lot of organizations never ask that of themselves. But that's um a really good distillation that, you know, it's a holistic approach. It really is a, a deep dive and a foundational part of the work that you're doing. And it deserves, again, the time and the investment and the thought going into it to be very intentional instead of, you know, accidental. <laughs> yes. And a lot of times yeah. volunteer programs just kind of grow like weeds in a garden and no one's really sure how something started or why it's there, but we've just been doing it that way forever. It's like, nope, let's, let's stop. Let's stop and take a look and, you know, see how we can make uh, our community and volunteer engagement meaningful and really intentional for all involved. Yeah. Intention goes a long way to be sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Dana. Can you remind everyone where to find you uh, online in case they want to get in touch with you? Of course, Kev, uh, DanaLitwinConsulting.com, YouTube channel, Dana's Priceless Advice with Leaders of Volunteers. You can at me on Twitter, DanaLitwinCVA. Find me on, is anyone still on Facebook? I don't know. I am. You can find me there. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're on LinkedIn. And I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, all, all the usuals. I'm sort of on Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat. Snapchat, sorry, everybody. I'm not on Snap. Um, but yeah, you can find me again, Dana Litwin, uh, consulting pretty easy to, to look me up and, and thanks Kev. It's always great to talk to you. I love uh, doing these shows with you. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's been, um, episode 45 with Dana Litwin on the secret to successful volunteer programs. And I'm sure we, um, I'm sure we have six, seven or eight, uh, and we'll, you know, where you draw the boundaries, uh, next time on episode 45, I'm with, uh, another alumni of season one, where we ran panels is Tammy Charles is going to talk to us about, uh, building corporate partnerships. So I hope you tune in for that one, uh, for the, for, um, for today though, that's the end. Uh, and we will see you soon. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the nonprofit problem solver podcast. My guest today was Dana Litwin, who you can find at danalitwin.com and danalitwinconsulting.com, as well as LinkedIn, Twitter, 
Facebook. This podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Go to podproaudio.com. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.